Today on Locked On Canadians, player review season continues with Caden Gooley, Chris Weidman, and Michael Pizzetta. Which of these will not be back next season? That's all coming up on Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 831. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matlove, Habs Eyes on the Prize. Sometimes we record in the future. Today we're recording in the past, so we do not know the final score of that Toronto Maple Leafs-Tampa Bay game. We're really hoping that it was Tampa that won it. Uh, in the meantime, today's episode is player review season, and we are going to talk about Caden Gooley. We're going to talk, talk about Chris Weidman, and we're going to talk about Michael Pazetta. Scott, which one of these are you most excited to talk about? Well, if I don't say Caden Gooley, Kay is going to find both of us and fight both of us in the street. So I'm going to say Caden Gooley for my own well-being and health in this. I am actually kind of excited to talk about Michael Pozzetta's season, though, because he's such an interesting potential piece for the team next year or another team next year. And we'll get into that. So I'm very interested to kind of talk about that. But I think Caden Gooley is the one most people are probably tuning into here at this point. I think Maple heard you say the words Caden Gooley and is so excited. Um, for those of you listening who are listening for the first time, Maple is a Scots dog. Um, and she is a member of Gooley Nation, it looks like. <laughs> Normally she's quiet during shows. She's just being a little bit of a brat right now. So, like, I don't understand why she's all of a sudden crying in the background. So my apologies for that. So I think she just loves Caden Gooley and she's emotional about it. I think that's well, it. All right. She went and go found her chew that she had pushed under her bed. So maybe she was just whining about that. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Caden Gooley. I myself will say um, I will. I wasn't necessarily completely wrong, but I did think it would take a little bit of time for him to make the NHL, but he did not. He made it, you know, first possible game. Uh, he earned his spot. He was very impressive. We heard throughout the season up until the injury that he was somebody that opposing team GMs were taking notice of. And with good reason, he showed up. And again, we talk about this all the time. Like scouting is an ex isn't an exact science, particularly if you're just kind of a hockey fan and you just kind of watch a player when the Habs drafted him. And I think part of it had to do with the Habs kind of like personality at the time. Like we thought he was just like, he was a big defensive defenseman, but he worked really, really, really hard at becoming, he's not going to be, you know, your offensive dynamic defenseman, but he's improved his offensive game so much so that if he had a defensive partner that was just a little bit offense oriented, just a little bit creative, uh, just a little bit short. No, no, not yet. We don't know yet, but we we're going to dream about the short King. I think that he could be 
part of the top pairing of this team and be really good. Like he's got the size, he's got the skill. Hopefully his body holds up because obviously, as we can tell, just like every other Canadian, he spent a lot of time on the IR this season. I look at Caden Gooley this year and it's another huge surprise. Like I knew he could skate and he was good at closing gaps, but his aggression with the puck and in making plays happen in transition surprised me a lot this year. He was trying high risk plays. He was trying plays to create scoring chances here. Not that, you know, people don't try and create scoring chances, mind you. And he's doing it with David Savard, which all all respect to David Savard. Again, a guy playing in a role that he shouldn't be playing in. It's asking a lot. And he's playing brutally tough minutes. He was minus 19. Yeah, it doesn't look great. Habs weren't great, but he's playing top pairing minutes at 21 years old with a guy who is not maybe the best suited for his skill set. And he still looks a lot more polished than I thought he would at this current point. And I just... The sky is the limit for watching Caden Gooley play. And I'm really annoyed. He was allowed back into that one game after he got hurt and then was out afterwards. I'm annoyed by it. And I really cannot wait to see what a full season of Caden Gooley looks like. He played 44 games this year. Too many injuries. And it's you can tell there's something really strong underneath that there. He's got all the makings of a, you know, a 20, 22 minute a night defenseman in the NHL, not counting overtimes and such. And he's someone that's going to anchor this core for a long time. It can't control injuries, but the upside he showed this year in a role that is not an easy one to go about is just truly, truly impressive for someone his age. I think that's also a little bit of a credit to the coaching staff as well in that, I know they didn't treat every player this way, but they certainly treated some players this way, like Cole Caulfield, Caden Gooley, a couple of the younger players where when they made a mistake, they didn't get benched for the rest of the night. They were allowed to take those risks. And if risks didn't pay off, they didn't lose their spot in the lineup. They didn't lose their minutes in the game. So I think there's a little bit um, there. And I know, again, this is not a blanket um, approval of the coaching staff and the way they handled every single player. When we get to talking about Slavkovsky, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, maybe we'll do that with a guest, actually, because I feel like that would be really fun. But I think for Caden Gooley, like one of the things is that you're a team and this guy's a 21 year old, you know, he's going to want to play every possible minute. He's still trying to prove himself. He wants to be a number one defenseman in the, in the NHL. He wants to show what he's got. He wants to be part of the Canadians future or any team's future. He wants to, so you don't let him back out. Like, honestly, you tell him to sit where he is and you make him stay. You don't let him back into the games. And this is something where, you know, like at some point, the Montreal Canadiens are going to have to examine how they treat uh, their players as an organization and who they allow to call the shots when it comes to their health, because you know that every single player, like if they can play with a collapsed lung, half a leg and four broken fingers, they're going to do it. If they're, if they can play while they're seeing stars, they're going to do it. So you kind of have to kind of rein that in, but you don't rein Caden Gooley in overall. He's getting, he's trying to be creative, which I really, really appreciate. He tends to, what I noticed was he has like, he's gotten better at this. Like this was something that was kind of a criticism of him earlier, like before he made the NHL, like in the Memorial cup and stuff, is that sometimes he doesn't think two steps ahead. He only thinks one step ahead. And he's gotten better at that. Like he's trying to be creative, but he's trying to stay within um, like to, to keep, 
up or to stay within lockstep, I guess, with his defensive partner, which usually was David Savard, who, you know, God bless him, is not, he's not a top pairing defenseman anymore. Um, and he's a good shutdown guy. He's, you know, he, he, he lays his body on the line. But I think that like with somebody that's got a little bit more uh, creativity, a little bit more smarts, like Caden Gooley can sort of, I feel like he's got the ability to read that person's like everything, like read that person's timing, the pacing, and see those those steps ahead with them and create good opportunities. Like, you know, whether it's taking the puck out of the zone, whether it's starting the rush, whether it's like, you know, whatever it is. Like, I have a lot of faith that Caden Gooley can adjust his game that way. Am I like, am I projecting too much on this one 21-year-old? No, I think we've only seen the beginning of what Caden Gooley's ceiling actually is. And I think it's, he's a... I like Arbor Jack I is a little bit more projectable. Caden Gooley, I think, still has room to grow based on his skill set and the way that he plays the game. Even people besides us who admit like maybe we were wrong about his overall play have been impressed by what he's done on a bad team. Building that team around him is only going to make him better next season. Should be getting power play time next year. Absolutely should be. Even if it's power play too, should get some time there. He's going to play a lot because the coaching staff already trusts him. And that's a huge first step for someone playing their first full professional season. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about somebody who's played multiple professional seasons. We're going to talk, talk about Chris Weidman, a guy we really like, but don't necessarily want to see back on the Montreal Canadiens next season. Uh, and that's coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. How often do you find out an artist you love is going to be in town? and you fear you missed the boat on buying tickets, resulting in a mad scramble to get your hands on some, any tickets. This has happened to me recently with more than one stand-up comic. Getting tickets should not be as stressful as I have made it. Game time is really the game changer for this. They've got flash deals, and it's so easy to use. Game time is the place for the last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Forget stalking your favorite artists or whoever on social media. Forget trying to bribe people. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. 110% of the difference. You do want that credit. You can snag the tickets without the stress with game time. All you got to do is download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. So last off season, when the Canadians signed Chris Weidman to come back this season, we were happy for him. And we said, this is a guy they really, really like. And this is a guy that's here to be your depth defenseman, your number seven when necessary. Uh, you know, the younger players like having him around. He has like a little bit of mentorship and leadership going on. And then this season on the ice, he did not prove that to be a very wise decision. And I have to say, I really like Chris Weidman as a person. And so it pains me. 
it pains me to say that we don't necessarily want to see him on the Habs next season. So here's the thing with Chris Weidman is last year. He surprised me. He had 27 points playing mainly a five, six role last year. Okay. That's, that's damn good production for a five, six defenseman. That's great. Yeah. Some of it's power play time this year. None of that. Nothing. Weidman was deer in headlights out there. Only played 46 games. Some due to injury, some due to just not getting in the lineup because they had other bodies. Guys like Justin Barron took his spot. He only had six assists on the year. No goals, six assists. And I get it. Like he doesn't play regularly and everything. It's such a regression from where he was at last year. I thought he was going to get sent to the rocket at some point this season. Honestly, if it wasn't for all the injuries, I assume he probably would have been too because he ha- he just didn't play well this season. And the biggest issue for me out of all of this, played 46 games, he has 81 penalty minutes. He's averaging a minor penalty in almost every single game he plays. And he takes just brain dead, pointless penalties on a team that had trouble killing penalties. Do you see where I'm going with this math here? I am all, we talked about this with Arbor Jack guy. I am pro standing up for your teammates. I am not pro. Hey, they blew the whistle. The scrum is kind of dissipated. And you turn around and you hack a dude in the back of the legs, or you give him a cross check, or you just re-engage with him and then get hit for roughing. You're 33 years old, man. It's up here. Think things through before you do them because you're taking selfish, stupid penalties. And it's disappointing because I think Weidman as a five, six is perfectly fine. But when his head's elsewhere in the game and not in it, it it shows just bad decisions. Everything is not the way that it needs to be for him. And I think last year with the way last season went, he probably played himself off the team. He's at best their seventh defenseman right now. And he'll be lucky if he doesn't get sent to the rocket on waivers at the start end of the next preseason, or if he gets traded or something to a team that maybe needs a regular five, six there. He's one of the few players this year that look at their season and go, you could have been so much more. And this is where we're at. I'm not asking for like 35 points and playing 20 minutes a night, but an odd goal and some playmaking would have been nice because that's what his game is. He's a, usually a pretty good distributor of the puck. And just, I didn't see any of that. Just poor decision-making in all three zones from him this season. I am um, honestly, for me, I think like I wanted him to do well, you know, like you willed it and you tried so hard. And I wonder if he just got too into his own head. I don't know, like, I don't necessarily think that he's, like, you know, a stupid player, like, or anything like that, but I just, I honestly, I wanted so much better from him, and I think that there are limitations to his skill, like, I think that trying to, you know, like, there was there was only so much the Canadians were going to get out of him, but I think that he even fell short of that this season, like, that's the issue that I'm having, is that he fell short of even low expectations, and again, like, I wish him the best. I think he's, like, he's really great. Like, I loved, like, seeing, like, his interaction with everybody else. You know, like, the off-ice guy we really loved. But the on-ice guy just, 
he didn't move the needle in any way, right? Like, and sometimes he made mistakes that cost the Canadians, which that everybody did that this season. So it's not, you know, like you can't hold that too far against him. Um, but we are going to talk about somebody else that is kind of not necessarily a huge question mark. We know what he brings. Um, and he had an interesting season. And he's also another fan favorite. I think we're ending on fan favorites lately. Um, and that's going to be Michael Pazetta. And we're going to talk about him in just one moment right here on Locked On Canadians. Before we get into Michael Pozzetta, please remember that this Friday mailbag is a prospect mailbag. So if you have any questions about a prospect in the Canadian system or somebody that is coming up that is eligible to be drafted in the upcoming NHL draft, please send us your questions. You can send them to us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also leave them in the YouTube comments if you put prospect mailbag question at the beginning of your comment. We'll add it to that episode. Um, you can also tweet them at LO underscore Canadians or to uh, Scott Matla directly at Scott, La Scott Matla. Scott Matla. Um, or uh, to me at the active stick. So don't forget your prospect mailback questions. We want them before Thursday afternoon, Eastern time. All right. This guy was once a prospect and we didn't think he was going to make the NHL and he's been here for two seasons. And that is Michael Pozzetta who had a very uneven season, but I think at the end he really was able to quell some doubts. Yeah. Michael Pozzetta was a fascinating player this year because, again, someone who impressed in their role last year where they were kind of called up and thrown to the wolves during that whole Caulfield to the AHL saga, and he stuck. And he stuck this year. He wasn't always playing. And then he just kind of came in and kept a fourth-line spot for himself put up seven goals and eight assists in 63 games, 77 penalty minutes minus four, playing primarily on the fourth line. I don't think you can ask for anything more than that from a guy like Michael Pozzetta. And he seemed to have fine-tuned his game a little bit this year, is that he still has the edge and the physicality, but he was more responsible with what he was doing. And... It takes a lot when that's been his game. His game was always, I'm riding that edge, and sometimes I'm going to go way over the top of that there and take a dumb penalty. He kind of reined in his own brand of insanity a little bit, kept it going. He still had all the parts that make him lovable, but he did so within the rules, and it made him a more effective player. He got himself in better scoring positions in the offensive zone. He put himself in a tight forechecking role where when he's chasing the puck, opposing teams don't want him there because he's going to hit you on the forecheck. He's going to hit you hard, and he's going to hit the next guy and the next guy and the next guy until he changes. He's, he's kind of what perseverance is all about with this, is that this is a guy who is playing you know, in the ECHL, not playing a lot in the AHL because he was – taking too many penalties and not producing. And then he's hit the NHL level and found that role. And of course he gave us probably the most memorable celebration of the entire season where he won the shootout against the Buffalo Sabres and did the Tiger Williams celebration on the ice there. I just am very unsure. Is he back next year because he's an ideal fourth liner on this team and he's earned that spot. 
I do think he's completely earned a fourth line spot, even if he sometimes rotates out as the 13th forward. But I do think there are teams out there that are going to look at him. I don't, I, he might be RFA, but if he's a UFA, there are teams out there that are going to definitely looking for a guy like Michael Pozzetta as well, especially if he can play like this. And that, I shouldn't say worries me, but it would make me sad to lose someone who is clearly caught on in this fan base and that the fans love. I think my favorite thing about Michael Pozzetta will always be that he was called up just as a spark, just to like, you know, light a spark <laughs> on a team that was struggling out of the gate for a number of games. And he's become kind of a mainstay. I like how you called him an ideal fourth liner for this team, because I think that for me, um, he's got something that a lot of players don't have. A lot of fourth line players for better or for worse, are forgettable. And Michael Pozzetta will never be forgotten. I think that to me, I'm, I'm saying it very, very slowly, I think he will never be forgotten because I just, there's just something, there's just something about the way that he plays. And again, he's got that personality, he's got that hair, he's got that like a little bit of a violent streak. Um, there's a lot of things about him that are memorable. Uh, he is an RFA this year, um, just confirmed. Um, so it is going to be interesting to see what they do with him. I, I would like to see him again for another season. I would love to see him on this team. I think, you know, he's, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say he's the epitome of perseverance because there's a lot of players that are like that, that end up playing. I mean, we, we haven't even gotten to Alex Belzil yet um, in our player reviews, but there's something about him that like just having somebody like him as well as Arbor Jacki on a team that makes them like hateable by everybody else, but lovable by us. And that's the thing. Like we, we had talked about, I think it was a couple, I think it was two years ago when Pizzetta went on waivers for the first time, because he is waiver eligible now is that the flyers looked at him and looked at Patrick Brown and went with Patrick Brown. And I look at Michael Pizzetta and go, he's the absolute like most endearing version of like the broad street bullies. He's got the hair. He's got constantly some kind of facial wound and he occasionally just scores a really nice goal. Like he is exactly what you want in that role there. And he loves that. He plays every game like it is his last one in the NHL. And that to me is someone who you want to keep on this team because he has that mindset and that energy level you want from a team where things are not going to go your way. He will go out there. He will stand up for his teammates. He will stand up for himself if he has to. And then he will go and continue on like it's his job because well, it is his job. He is someone that I am very much finding myself cheering for. And I would cheer for him if he went to another team too, short of it being Bruins, Toronto, Ottawa, maybe the Oilers, but like there's a team out there that's going to look at Michael Pozzetta who has arbitration rights this year, who might go, we will give you something for this player because we want this kind of player in the lineup. And I'm hoping it's a team I, you know, don't hate, which would be nice. He's, he reinvented what he is. He went from being just a guy who punches people and you had some ceiling in juniors and then kind of lost that at the professional level, he has reinvented himself as a more modern fourth line checking forward. He's not a defensive whiz like a Blake Coleman, but he's good at what he does on this Canadians team. 
without taking up the ice time from somebody else who may be deserving that he's perfect for the role that he plays. Nothing more, nothing less. And so let's give the grades for the players. Again, injuries are not to be helped. So outside of the injuries, like for the games that they did play, what grade would you give Caden Gooley? I'm going to give him an A minus on the season. I think for a kid who got thrown into the deep end, you you have to be happy with what you saw there. In the 44 games he played, I saw the trappings of someone who's going to play a lot of minutes for a lot of years for this Canadians team. I love it. I absolutely agree. What about Chris Weidman? Chris Weidman gets a D because we're not giving F's on this show because this team was so injured beyond belief and the expectations were already low before that. But in terms of everything, no F's in the chat, no F's in chat. (laughs) There was, he wasn't close to being what we had hoped Chris Weidman would be this year. And then finally, Michael Pizzetta. I'll give him a B minus. I think he, yeah. you know what, a B. I'll give him a flat B for the role that he plays on this team. 15 points on the fourth line, playing penalty kill, and just doing whatever he can to try and spark a team on a given night. Commendable effort across the board. Right. And if you count, like, if you count, like, his rough start to the season and how often he was held out of games, like, he was scratched. Like, I think the, like, progression that he made, like, it takes it for me from a B- minus to a B, for sure. All right, so you guys give us your grades. We're going to post polls on both the YouTube and the Twitter as soon as I figure out how to do it. Um, And then, uh, you know, you guys will be able to give your grades and your reasoning. Uh, In the meantime, if you have any questions about prospects in the HAB system or that are eligible to be drafted soon, please remember to send them to us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com or you can leave them in the YouTube comments if you put prospect mailbag question at the beginning of your comments so we'll know to add it to that episode. You can also find us and tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. You can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matlight at The Active Stick. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow.